people. Uh, quite a few years back, it's a, and it was renovated, owned by a devotee from living in Calcutta. And uh, the, the Balaram deity there was very famous. And there were quite a few stories about his um, leelas, how he expressed himself. Um, so it came under the care of Puri Goswami, who established the deity of Krishna along with with Balaram. Um, and there was another famous temple there. There was a was a lady, um, I forget her name now, who has inherited quite a bit of money from the um, uh, Doris Duke. Those of you who live in North Carolina, you've been to the Duke Gardens, perhaps, sometimes. You've taken me, some of you. It's a very nice uh, setting there. But uh, she inherited a lot of money from uh, Doris Duke, and ooh, she spent a lot of that in Vrindavan, um, renovating places and so forth. And, and she either acquired or got very involved, at least, in, in renovating a, a rather large Krishna uh, uh, Balaram temple there. And I had the opportunity to go there and um, and have the darshan while it was uh, under renovation. So there are some temples of Krishna Balaram now. Uh, the particular pose of Krishna Balaram that you see at the Krishna Balaram Mandir of Prabhupada that's now showing up, as I said, in, in, in a number of number of places like Ardhaji Gopal and uh, in Madhavan and, and in a number of places within ISKCON. That is a that's coming exclusively from from Prabhupada's heart. You won't find uh, deities like that with Balaram with its arm on Krishna's shoulder and so forth. Um, Krishna with his uh, flute held over his chest. Very charming. So um, that's a little bit of the history of the worship of Krishna and Balaram. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I, w- I would say our Sampradaya, m- more that, much more than any other Vaishnava Sampradaya, has emphasized that due to the fact that in the Sampradaya, Balaram is so prominent in the form of another Ram. Mm-hmm. Hope that helps. Thank you, Ram Kijai. Jai. So the next question is from Sham Sundar. He says, Kormaraj, you, oh, I'll try to go slower and then let's leave a little, uh, uh, pause after the question. Kormaraj, you speak often of your sannyas initiation, but at lunch, we realized in Madhuvan, we don't know much about your previous two. Well, I disagree with you. I don't think I do speak much about my sannyas initiation, but I think that I've been asked about it a couple of times, and there is a little bit of a story uh, to it that I've told. And um, uh, so I, I um, yeah, comparatively, uh, I've been spoken about my Harinam initiation or, or mantra diction, but there's not as much of a story uh, to those events, uh, either really not much to be said. I mean, I, I, uh, joined the mission of, of Prabhupada three months before I was initiated, um, in the Santa Cruz mountains of California, about, what about six or seven, eight hours from Los Angeles. And, um, While I was living there, Los Angeles was the last place you would want to go um, in, the, in the circles in which I um, orbited, if you do the orbit of my life. We were leaving the world. Anyway, for Krishna consciousness, you go anywhere, right? And so they, when Prabhupada came to Los Angeles, I didn't hesitate to go. The boys wanted to take me there, who I had joined and, uh, and, um, as proper to initiate me. So that was three months after I joined. It was very early in 1972. Um, it would have been, I think, prior to Gore Purnim, 1972. And there was um, a temple that just moved from La Cienica to uh, Culver City and a uh, bigger temple. And um, I think that the Bhagavatam classes were just starting at that time. We had little chapters 
couple of published chapters of certain sections of the Bhagavatam. Um, those are very uh, special days, though, for me, um, especially now as I get older. I, I think of them often, and, and the devotees, god brothers and god sisters, um, who were there. What it was like. I was very, very uh, charming, endearing, very innocent, and um, um, Prabhupada spent a lot of time there. Um, so uh, Prabhupada initiated me and you know, quite a number of other devotees at the same time. It was rather a big. Uh, Big ceremony. Um, my second initiation came, I think, about, about maybe about six months later, maybe. Uh, and uh, probably wasn't there for that. I could have waited for him, but I couldn't wait. <laughs> I was very eager to get the second initiation so that I could engage in the deity worship. There was very special the deity worship. We had a list of uh, arctics, you know, for the month, and you could fill in your name and get on the list and have the opportunity to uh, to offer Archie. It wasn't uh, um, um, easy, if you will. And so uh, it was, anyway, I was quite eager for that and was blessed to receive the initiation. Probably used to give a second initiation on tape uh, to devotees worldwide when he wasn't uh, wasn't present, so I, I heard a tape of Prabhupada um, giving the mantra. But in, in those days, like I said, with Prabhupada spent a lot of time there. He spent mm, maybe three months in the spring and, and three months in the winter. Um, and uh, so, again, those were very, very special uh, years for me. And as I became uh, more uh, prominent, if you will, in, in the temple and acquainted with the environment and so forth and, 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 and embraced a particular service and so forth. And, um, I got the opportunity to get uh, closer to Prabhupada to go on the walks with him and so forth and, and all. Um, but yeah, it was very, uh, those are very, very, very touching, very beautiful. Uh, very innocent uh, times. The BBT, Bhaktivedanta Book Trust, was moved from New York, where it started, to Los Angeles, which was Prabhupada's headquarters, and they had facilities across the street from the temple. The temple owned an apartment complex across the street from the temple. Um, and uh, I had a, was given an apartment over there. I was married in those years, and had a son. And... Um, and um, I remember <laughs> once deciding that I would invite Prabhupada to come over for lunch to my house because those of the used to talk about, you know, the householders should, should do that and so forth. But the Prabhupada secretary would not entertain offering my invitation to Prabhupada. He thought it was, you know, absurd, but um, it was very, uh, um, it was the kind of thing that if Prabhupada heard about it, he probably would have come, would have dismissed his assistant. To hear that kind of uh, enthusiasm and reasoning for it and so forth. Um, anyway, just the thought that came to my mind when I, when I focused for a moment on those, on the apartment in which I lived there for a couple of, couple of years, year and a half or something like that. And so that's a little bit of the history. What else? Garage, isn't there a story connected to when you chanted your Gayatri mantras for the first time? I don't think so. I mean, I remember we went to uh, the New Dwarka Temple about 13 years ago when we had that uh, remediate, what is it called? Mediation with this gone. And we went to uh, eat in that Govinda's restaurant, and there was this like room inside the Govinda's restaurant that used to be part of the temple and you said that you chanted you told us back then that you chanted your first Gayatris in that room and that you were like completely overwhelmed by ecstasy yeah my memory doesn't uh, record that but it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me yeah. uh, uh, it was a room in the, in the restaurant 
restaurant was across the street from the temple. It was on the same. It, it was. It didn't used to be a restaurant. I guess it was some kind of yeah. storage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, those were were very magical uh, days for for all of us who were involved, pioneers, if you will. So the what next else? question is from uh, yeah the next question is from Yava and Morley. I think from Chile, if I remember correctly. Uh, they say, my obeisances. My question is regarding a post that you published on Facebook that said, if the knower, I forget what, this translation is not exactly what you said. Something like, if the knower is known, and then dot, dot, dot. What was that? Basically, he's asking, like, could you explain a little more what that whole thing was? If the knower is not known, Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> you know, it's just a thought. Uh, the, the idea there is that, um, that, uh, consciousness is the knower. And everything is within consciousness. So if we don't know the knower, and, and we tend not to. We tend to. We tend to think we know this thing. We know that thing. We know our body. We might know our mind, but we don't know the knower in which the body, the mind, and everything else is contained. The only thing that you really know is your own experience. And if people tell you something that's not your experience, you only know that through your own experience of what they're telling you. So, um, the subjective perspective, if you will, of, of reality stemming from our own consciousness is, is, is all we really know. Everything is within consciousness. It's not that, uh, you know, you have a body and out of it comes consciousness. And you just think about it for a moment, you'll appreciate the fact that, you no, know, my body comes out of my consciousness. My body is out of my conscious my I can think of I can perceive my thoughts right I can perceive my body I'm the perceiver so everything is within consciousness Gaudiya Vaishnavism's metaphysic uh, metaphysical worldview which everyone has whether they're scientists whether every worldview every cosmology is is that's out there is metaphysical there's nothing that's 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 not. It's, you cannot explain the world satisfactorily or conclusively just from a physical point of view. Um, <clears throat> even the big the Big Bang theory and so forth. These are these all metaphysical perspectives. Maybe um, formed by certain data and so forth, but um, they're metaphysical. Um, and um, while the dominant you know philosophical perspective in the world informed by observation by scientific data and so forth is is materialism or, or physicalism or naturalism the idea that everything there's nothing supernatural there's no real self there's not even a mind everything's just physical a brain um and uh um you know the physical physical forces and so forth uh, Gaudi Vaishnavism has a very has kind of the opposite perspective, and it's, it's at least as reasonable as as the physicalist perspective, which would which finds consciousness somehow emerging, you know, out of out of the physical world, uh, and it's more of an idealism. So from materialism to idealism. Now the, the problem with idealism that that's made it seem uh, un- unpopular in the past was. Uh, idealism, um, as espoused by, for example, the famous, uh, uh, Berkeley, uh, was a, an idealism in which everything was within the individual's mind. So nothing was occurring outside of any individual's mind. But there are things that occur outside of our individual mind in other people's minds and so on and so forth. And if I don't, you know, what is the famous saying? See the tree fall in the forest, did it fall? You know, somebody else saw it. So 
but the idealism of Gaudi Vaishnavism is more like more like everything is in the mind of God. It's all happening in the mind of God. So a super knower, if you will, but consciousness, you know, we're a spark of consciousness, spark of the fire of consciousness. So everything is happening within consciousness. There's nothing outside of consciousness. It's the theater of all uh, experience. I've often said that stones don't think, stones are thoughts. So think about that. Stones don't think, they're thoughts. They're ideas. So the physical world is not really this hard stuff. That whole idea is breaking down even within the scientific community. It's much more mind-like than it is physical. Um, so it's, 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 it's really, um, it's all an idea. So everything is within consciousness. We're preoccupied with trying to know this and that, but at the cost of knowing ourself, which is the knower. So what do we know? If we do not know the self, what do we know? We really don't know anything. If we don't know the knower, which is the Atma in this case, the Atma, you as an individual Atma are the knower. It's not that your mind knows, it's not that your body knows. And, uh, and within the knower, which is, which is pure consciousness, everything is contained. There's nothing outside of the consciousness. It's, it's the ground of being. Everything is contained within consciousness. So if, you, if you're the Atma, the knower, but you don't know yourself, then what do you know? When everything is contained within consciousness and everything arises out of consciousness, if consciousness is the knower and you don't know the knower, then you don't know anything. That's the point. You may think you know this or that, but you don't know anything. You don't know it for what it is, right? So anyway, the little phrase I put up there is it's all it's just to make the point that, that we should endeavor to know the knower. And by knowing the knower, by knowing the Atma, then we'll know, as we do in the context of Gaudiya Vaishnavism through Bhakti, we'll know the support of the Atma, the Paramatma as well. On the, on the inner side and the outer side, we'll know everything else for what it is as, as well. We may think the world is this or that and use it in this or that way, but it, but it, it's actually all related to Bhagwan, hmm? to the Paramatma, to God. Hmm? And to see it in that light is to see it as it is. And then you'll see that, as say some of the Buddhists say, samsara is nirvana. Hmm? <laughs> so, yeah, a little little bit of Vedanta. It's it, it's good to uh, emphasize that we don't uh, in Gyan Mark. Then this is very much um, the whole entire uh, focus. It's not the focus of Bhakti Mark. The focus of Bhakti Mark is to love Krishna, but it underlies obviously the Bhakti Mark as well. The difference between the body and the self and Sometimes it's good to talk about these things because we can get lost in a little bit of a kind of mechanical religious uh, perspective and not enter into actual Gaudiya Vedanta. You might have been Gaudiya by religion, but but what is the Vedanta of it all? And um, the metaphysics of it all. What am I? What is the world? And so forth. And when we focus on that, then we, 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 we tend to shift from a religious, socio-religious kind of orientation to the tradition, to a mystical, experiential, excuse me, experiential orientation. Um, and, um, and, and that's what, that's what we need. That's, that's what will change the world and change your life forever in ways that nothing else you could you could do could possibly compare. There's nothing you could how you can tweak yourself physically, mentally, psychologically that could compare to um, knowing the knower, and that's just the beginning, if you will. If you want to love Krishna, well, 
uh, you enter into the fire of loving Krishna, you have to become fire yourself, right? You are a fire, you are a spark. So you have to know that. What are the, what, and what are the possibilities there? If you experience and consistently and realize that you're, you're not the body, <laughs> the possibilities that um, you've just entered into exceed every possibility of the world, the external world, the material world, put together and multiplied a trillion fold. And people are fooling around trying to mix up the material world in one way or another to experience it, to, to, to know it, and, and to get happiness from it ultimately. That's all. And it's all ignorance. And the fact is that, that's, that, that's evident from the, from the fact that it's not making people happy. They're at odds with one another. They're at odds with one another. It's no different than the days of the so-called barbarians. The people are at odds with one another. In this country, in my country, United States, they're shooting people just just uh, in madness. Happens happens practically every week now. Um, just anyway, it's crazy. So. Um, so yeah, make a comprehensive solution to the problems of, of life. Know yourself. And that's what we're all looking for. <laughs> People go to the moon, they go to Mars. What are they looking for? I've said before that the, the, in the English language, the most used word is, this, is one of the smallest words. It's I. And it's the, it's the thing that's least known. Nobody knows I. What am I? Everyone's trying to figure out what am I? Am I a man? Am I a woman? Am I changed from one to the other, or which is popular these days, or, um, or whatever it may be, right? So to know yourself, everyone's everyone. Who can disagree? Everyone's trying to do that. So we also have an idea to know yourself. And what we speak about, as much as we, as much as we dismiss. The illusory sense of I and self—that I am an American, I am a, I am a, a North American, Latin American, I'm a European man, woman, and so forth. This small, uh, narrow sense of I, um, which can start to sound pessimistic. As much as look at the big picture, as much as we do that, if you understand what. We're talking about when we speak about the I, the Atma, it turns into the most optimistic perspective you could possibly. I mean, you couldn't imagine a more optimistic perspective of what you are, what what is your what is your prospect, your nisarga, <laughs> that uh, eternal impression. We think of impressions as some scars, as things that are come from outside onto us. We've been, we've been impressed. But um, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, Vishwanath um, Chakravartaka, for example, speaks about anadi siddha samskars with regard to the inhabitants of, 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 of the spiritual world, the nitya siddhas. They're anadi, they're without a beginning, they have siddha perfectly, fully manifest impressions for serving Krishna. They didn't come from anywhere else. So there's an idea of impressions that don't come from outside. And if you study Ujjvalimani, you can find in the 14th chapter, this whole idea of impressions. Nisarga. There's the, there's, 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 there's your, uh, your Svabhav. There's two sides. Sarup and Nisarga. Sarup is that that self that comes out without even having to hear about Krishna. We see it in the example of the, of the, of the uh, inhabitants of Braja. Mm-hmm. But if you go to Dwarka, for example, they have to hear about Krishna mm-hmm. in order for that, their inherent um, impressions that make them disposed to loving Krishna in a particular way come out. Mm-hmm. That's called Nisarga. But the Nisarga is explained there also to be eternal. 
anadi. And it also, as explained there, pertains to the sadhana siddhas, practitioners. They have, they, 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 they have nisarga. They have an impression, gata samskar. It doesn't come from outside. It's there to be unlocked by further impressions that we will resonate with because of the impression on our particular atma. Very, very bhakti vinod-esque, if you will. Um, so anyway, we're getting away from the main point, but uh, know yourself. <laughs> You'll know everything from there. Know thyself. That should be, that is the focus of everyone. We're just giving it a more, well, a, a very disciplined way of going about it. It's a very objective way of going about it. Because we say, well, know yourself. Let's analyze. I'm not this. I'm not that. These different passing senses of identity, which can, which can change and so forth. Anyway, there's a whole, you know, especially in the Ganmark, there's the whole, um, process of analyzing in this way. Godis that don't emphasize that because it's given. It's a, it's a given. It's a given. They're talking about something more, but it's important for us to emphasize that sometimes. So I put that out there. And it's interesting that many devotees didn't quite, un- quite understand it. It's a bit, a bit abstract, abstract, but, but thank you for giving me the opportunity to elaborate upon it. Okay. The next question is from Ganga Shakti. She's give, says, want to give it a I second. I read some. Want to give it a second? Oh, okay. Pause. Pause for a moment. Oh. Okay, I think Shantanar is probably caught up by now. So Gangashakti says, I read somewhere that Krishna married Radha in the form of Abhimanyu during the year when the boys were kidnapped by Brahma. He also married all other gopis in the form of other boys. Is this a view, is this view supported by Shastra or can we rather see it as folklore? Uh, there's no, um, there, it, no, it's not stated in, in scripture. Um, and I've not seen it in any of the commentaries on scripture either. And, um, there's a practical problem with the idea now someone may say that in a moment of of bhava to reason um, as to um, how Krishna's Parakya is, is not what it sounds like, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what, what's the idea there? The idea is there that, 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 oh, that Krishna took the form of all the boys and he married all the gopis at that time. But then the idea would be, of course, when Krishna, when the boys again reappeared, they would be married to all those girls, right? For the Leela to continue. In other words, Krishna, the idea is that Krishna actually married them. And so whoever they're actually married to, that's false. They're actually married to Krishna. Something like that. That's, that's, it's the idea that's trying, trying to be supported, if you will, like, um, like, like Krishna manifested as Abhimanyu. So she's actually married to Krishna. That's, you know, there's support for that. Um, but, if Krishna married all the girls, hmm, appearing as Sridam, Sudam, hmm, Kinkini, and so forth, as he as he did hmm, um, for a year, after the year, well, all those boys would be married to all those girls, and all those girls were having a relationship with Krishna, and at least among the Priya Priyanarmasakas, they were helping them. <laughs> have a relationship with Krishna, with, which would have been with their own wives and so forth. We don't see that the coward boys uh, in Krishna's Sakya Rasa are 
depicted as married only in the later part of Gopal Champu, Jiva Goswami, when he starts talking about Swakiya, which is a whole other subject, he says that Krishna, Radha and Krishna married, and Sridham finally got married too, by Krishna's urging. But uh, we would have to look at that um, as being an, an exception and an emphasis on uh, Swakiya Rod, the idea that Radha and Krishna married in the spiritual world, which is not a central. Um, theme or perspective in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, which posits parakya in the apricot, in the nitya-lila. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, you can't have Subal married to a gopi and arranging, you know, secretly for his wife, you know, to, to meet uh, um, with, with, and he's not really married, and he's one of these ogres, you know, kind of husbands that try to check the gopis from going to, you know, so it, it kind of breaks down. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I think I lost you for a second. I can't hear you, Gurnishna. Yeah, we can hear you now. Sorry, yeah. I was muted. Yeah. But yeah, it got jammed, but it's fine now. So it breaks down. But the spirit of it is good. The intention behind whoever may, may say that is to... Um, it's to say that Krishna's parakya, the gopi's parakya is, is, is not, you know, really parakya. It's an illusion. They're actually, the, the siddhantas, they're actually married to Krishna only, which is true. They're really only connected to Krishna. There's an appearance of parakya. So there's an appearance of some husband, you know, some husbands. Interesting question. What else? Okay, the next question is from Indranuja from uh, Kansas. He says, I have a question about the purport to the 29th verse of Gobal Tapani Upanishad. I'm assuming it's your purport. Uh, In that purport, it states, quote, in his Tattva Sutra, Bhaktivinoda Thakur also offers a novel understanding of Sayuja Mukti with Raga Bhakti. Those Vaishnavs who are engaged in the sadhana of the sentiments sentiments of the gopis of Vrindavan can also refer to their practice as Brahma Sayuja sadhana. You want to comment on that? Uh, when I say also referring to Bhakti Vinod's writings, I must have prefaced that with something said perhaps by Followed the I would assume, in Vedanta Sutra. I don't have the, the text. I don't have it here. Um, but um, in his Govinda Basha, his commentary on Vedanta Sutra, Baladev Vidyabhushan, um, the um, Gaudi Vedanta Acharya, if you will, he um, um, explains Sayuja, one of the five types of liberation, Salokya, Shasti, Samipya, Sarupya, and um, Sayuja, right? Differently than, for example, it is explained in Chaitanya Charitamrita by Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami. Mm-hmm. When Krishna describes it, which is the more typical way in which it's described in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, it's, it, it's something undesirable, right? It is a Emerging with Brahman on the part of the jiva, um, and it's not desirable from the Gaudiya point of view. It's very similar but different from what uh, Shankar Charya is speaking about. So the Gaudiyas, at least, um, let's say Krishna's Kaviraj and others, especially after him, they, and Jiva Goswami as well in, in, in the Bhagavats and Dharva, he, he would differentiate between Shankar's idea of merging with Brahman, in which there is no individual Atma. In Shankar's idea, there's only Brahman, and there's an appearance of individual Atmas only. Hmm? that are a result of karmic embodiment. So in Shankar's teaching, you 
are me in another body. Therefore, I should respect you. Okay. So that's not a bad perspective. <laughs> and I do. But, uh, but it denies the eternal individuality of the Atma that all other forms of Vaishnava Vedanta acknowledge. So we dismiss that as not even being a reality. But we go so far as to say, but there is a reality of merging with Brahman where the Jiva, the Atma, merges with Brahman and doesn't know that it's different from Brahman. But it is. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur describes that type of liberation as incomplete uh, type of liberation in which all that the Atma is is not realized, even though it's liberated. That it is an eternal servant of Hari by its very nature is not known. And therefore, it's possible, and Sanatana Goswami makes this point as well, that those jivas in Brahma Sayuja can come from there to Vaikuntha, to Shantaras, to Dasyaras, and so forth, by Krishna's grace. It's possible. Um, so that's the typical idea of Sayuja Mukti, right? Right. A Godi of Vaishnavism, we say, okay, you can merge with Brahman, but only in this sense, not as, not as, as Shankar says. And it's a type of liberation in which the full, uh, identity of the Atma is not real. So let's say, for example, Jiva Goswami cites Ramanuja, uh, uh, his Siddhanta with regard to the Jiva, and he says that the Jiva is a, is Kartritva, Bhoktritva, Gyatritva. How are you going to be a Kartritva, a doer in Brahman? <laughs> an agent of a- action. There's nothing to do there. There's no movement. So the fact that there's an, an eternal uh, characteristic or quality of the self as a doer, well, it's not going to be realized there. You're going to stop doing in relation to the world or stop reacting to the world and what it's doing once you've turned it on where you think that you're the doer and enter into Brahman and be still. Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. So... I'm just giving an example. You're not going to know that you're you're ultimately a doer um, in that situation. So there's more to it, more to the self. And of course, it has an identity as a servant of Hari also, as I mentioned. So that's the typical understanding of Suja. And that's why perhaps what's said there, um, you have a question about. But it may have been prefaced, I'm not sure, by there is, statement of policy. I can't hear yeah, you. So oh, I'll just continue. I can't yep. hear what you're saying. You're not, your speaker's not turned on or something. But, uh, what the point that Baladev Bidibush makes is a point that is, it is, that is, you'll find in other Sampradayas. So Gaudi Vaishnavism is the, we're a little more generous actually towards Shankar. We say that there's something called Brahma Sahuja. There's a kind of merging with Brahman, which is their whole idea. We just, uh, clarify it. Hmm? We give it a big, uh, big footnote, but it, but it, but it means like this. Whereas you're not going to find that in Ramanuja Sampradaya. You're not going to find that in the Madhva Sampradaya. Hmm? <laughs> Madhva is not going to accept that that, that, there, that even that even possibility exists. Mukti means there's five kinds, hmm? and one of the kinds is Sayuja. And so the the idea of Sayuja there is that it underlies all the other types of liberation. Like living on the same planet with Bhagawan, having the same opulence as Bhagawan, having a form like Bhagawan, being a personal attendant of Bhagawan. All of these four are underlined by, um, a sense of oneness with Bhagawan. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, if you want to enter the fire, you got to be hot. Mm-hmm. You know, a spark into the fire and flourish. Mm-hmm. So uh, there, there is a sense of oneness with God that, in a difference from matter, that underlies all types of liberation. Hmm? And that is Sayuja, as explained by Madhva, for example, or by, by Ramanuja. So Baladeva embraces that explanation 
of Sayuja in his Govindabhasha's commentary on Vedanta Sutra. And so what you cited there from what I wrote, um, I didn't remember that, but um, apparently it's the case that uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur has talked about Gopi Bhav, for example, in a, in a similar way. But it would be true with all of all of them. Okay. It's the underlying that, you know, sense of um, identity with, right. a wholesome right. sense of identity with God. That help? Right. Yeah, that helps. It helps. I mean, I have to can't hear you. Most, you have to do something so I, at least I can hear. I don't know if anybody else can. Much, I, I think there. you might have dropped off of that. So you can hear me, but not Indra, because I can hear Indra. So try again to go to English and the uh, unmute, because you dropped off for a second. It might have undone that. Okay, now I should be able to hear you. Indra, okay, so thank you, yes. Guru Maharaj. Good morning. Uh, no, it's just the, this last part, the, your purports are usually very, very clear. I have to say, and it's one of the things that I've always admired about your book. Everything's quite clear, but but this particular low thing you're talking about, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, and he's talking about um, Kaivalya with Rag Bhakti, which I thought was kind of curious. I'd never heard that before. And there's a reference also to 12, 13, 12 in the Bhagavatam, uh, yeah. where Jiva Goswami kind of, and his Bhakti Sandharva, he makes a reference to this. But this other thing was, was Same curious. Idea for- for those who I'll comment on that for those who are listening. Kaivali, of course, is a is a phrase that's popular amongst the Gyanis and Shankar. It means like oneness, but and it and it's said in the, that twelfth canto of the Bhagavatam that the Bhagavatam is all about Kaivalya. Hmm? <laughs> says Kaivalya means love. So he's again he's interpreting this kind of oneness right. with love. That's what, what what it means. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Put the yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's a that's a beautiful part of that. I love that part. It was just this little part here about you know the Tava Sutra, Bhakti no Tava Sutra, where he <coughs> says that on the Sutra 19 he comments that Sayuja means union with Brahman. Those Vaishnavas who are engaged in the sadhana of the sentiments of the gopis of Vrindavan can also refer to their practice as Brahma, Sayuja, Sadhana. That was really the thing that was the most confusing. I couldn't understand how Sadhana could, you could have any kind of focus on Brahma, Sayuja. It just seemed odd to me as well. Well, he's, he's doing what I'm saying. He's saying that, that there's another way of looking at what, what Brahman is and what Sayuja is. So Krishna is also Brahman. Brahman. He's Param Brahman. So to become one with him, that's the whole idea of the gopis. Radha is trying to become one with Krishna. Love means gotcha. there is no, uh, there is no other. Hmm? Those who say I love you know nothing about love because in love there is no other. Hmm? Uh, so. Yeah, that makes perfect what, sense. So Radha is trying to become Krishna. Krishna, one with Krishna. Krishna is trying to right. become one with Radha. Hmm. Right, that's what they're trying. Right. That's that. That's that's the Sayuja. So you, 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 you can you can call it. This is a super idea of Brahma Sayuja Sadhana Gopi Bab. But just as a point here, it's interesting to make, and I will for a moment. Krishna is trying to be, well, become one with Radha. Radha is trying to become one with Krishna. But what's the problem? Hmm. When they try to become one with one another, each one starts to feel like the other. Hmm? That's called vivarta. It's an era. Prema vilas, vivarta. In the middle of their vilas, hmm? of their prem, which is love, which means no other, the two trying to become one start to feel like each other. Krishna starts to feel like Radha. Radha starts to feel like Krishna. It's like an error, vivarta. It's a confusion. Hmm? And so, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the resolution. He's the Prema Vivarta, Prema Vilas Vivarta Vigraha. He's the, it's a success. Your <laughs> two are fully merged. And it's a new person, Sriman Mahaprabhu, or Chandra. <laughs> that's, wow. Oh, that's something to tell the world about. And Mahaprabhu covered the mouth of Ramananda Roy. Said, oh my God. <laughs> 
that's what you want to say to everybody? Oh, I don't know. Everybody's ready. And it's me. Goodness. Yes, it is. Him. How important is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? <laughs> Thank you, Guru. All right. Okay. Gauri. Gauri. Hari Bo. Okay. What else we have here? That's wonderful. Yeah, next the next question is from Brigupad from Finland. Okay. Hey, Krishna Dandavat Guru Maharaj. I have a question about uh, uh Damodar Leela. Uh, it's a question I was I was asked recently and I I didn't feel I could give a, a good answer. Um the question is that uh the whole month of Kartik deals with there's many different Leelas that we celebrate during the month of Kartik. But it's mostly about Vatsalya Bhava. Uh, and there is, of course, there's the next, the next month, the, with the Katyaya Nivrata and so on. But that isn't really, uh, it's not a very popular thing. Everybody knows about Kartik. Uh, how come this kind of Vatsalya Bhava month is so much in the center of our sacred year? There, well, I think that I, I, I believe that the Rasalila occurs during the Kartik too. Hmm. Um, and I believe the, um, the Gopi Vastrahana Lila is just, just after, is it during Kartik or is it just after Kartik? The Agrahayana it would be the month after, um, uh, the Dhammara month. Uh, but the Rasalila, occurs so that's very central but that's a secret thing <laughs> we, of course we try to broad, broadcast it um and the damodar leela yes um and the month damodar kartik same the different names for the same month right mm-hmm. um so that this is a prominent leela so i mean you're, you're the question was why is the damodar leela so prominent mm-hmm. I mean, it occurred at that time. What, 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 uh, it's very extraordinary. One thing about it we can say is that, um, from a Gaudiya perspective, which isn't focused on Vatsalya Rasa, right? And I think that's kind of the point behind the, the spirit behind the question. Gaudiya Vaishnava is not really centered on Vatsalya Rasa. It's centered on Madhurya Rasa or, or Sakya Rasa, primarily Madhurya Rasa. But one of the things, one way to look at that is that the, the metaphysic of Gaudiya Vaishnavism underlying the whole Gaudiya Vedanta, Achintya Veda, Veda Tattva is brought out in the Dhammadar Leela. Because obviously Krishna is appearing before Yashoda in a form that she can't wrap the rope around no matter how much rope she adds. It's not getting any bigger. He's not getting fatter every two inches fatter every time she, she adds, adds to the rope. So if you look at that, Lila, you can, you can explain what's being said here in the Lila is a chintu beta beta. Everything is in Krishna. Krishna's outside of everything at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you could, you could make a lot out of that. From a Gaudiya point of view, and that maybe that's one way to answer it. But I think that you know that uh, the, the 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 fact that this Leela occurred during this month doesn't change the fact that the month, according to the I think the Padma Purana, is attributed to to Radha. It's emphasized um, therein, and the Gaudis have taken from that and. Um, Emphasize it them, themselves. Um, and again, it's the month in which the Rasli is the consummation of the, of the love affair between, uh, gopis and Krishna that Krishna said, you know, if you look at the Pakata Leela in the, in the month of Agrahayana, he met with gopis. He promised later he would, the, 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 the Gandharva marriage that they were having at that time, if you will, would be consummated. That's come around next year. That occurs during the uh, during the Dhammadar month. So in that sense, it's it's prominent. But there there's also a way, and I can't remember it right now, that some Gaudis have explained the Dhammadar Leela from a 
Madhuri Rasa vantage point. And I have to look, look about that. The actual leela of Krishna and you show that some Madhuriya perspective on it. Um, um, I haven't seen it written, but I heard it once from a, from a sadhu. And I can't remember now, but it'll probably come to me. And if I can recall it, I'll, I'll, I'll remind you of it. But I think that uh, the, um, uh, what I've said should suffice as somewhat of an answer. Um, and I, I think a little more as we as we speak. Um, um, it's um, one thing about the Dhamma Leela is that with the, with with the conclusion of the Dhamadar Leela, which is the felling of the Arjun trees, and then the, the discussion that ensues afterwards amongst the elders, like what's going on here? You know, there was this Putana witch came, this this whirlwind tornado came here. Uh, these Arjun trees have fallen right, you know, in the backyard of Nanda Maharaj, um, and the, the Krishna could have could have fallen underneath them, you know. What, uh, so uh, the wise um, Upananda, the elder brother of Nanda Maharaj, reason we should move the Vrindavans. The Damodar Leela culminates in the idea we should all move across the river, hmm? across the Jamuna. There's a place at the base of Govardhan, this mountain that will serve our cows, which is uh, relative to our own livelihood. We should move there. So with the with the Dhamar Leela comes the moving to Vrindavan, where um, where um, all the leelas, well, that, that begin, that's the Sesh Kumar, the end of Krishna's childhood. The Dhamma Leela ends Krishna's childhood. Now we move on to Poganda, which is a touch of Kishore, and Krishna's romantic life begins, and it's Kishore Leela. So that's another way to, to, uh, to think about it. Hope that helps a little bit. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Haribo. Yeah. Okay. Well, I see there's some more questions here. Um, let me see. I see, I see them in the chat, and I, we're out of time. But maybe I'll answer one. Doctor, it's me. Thank you very much. I have them. Oh, I have them all. Uh, I've taken them uh, down. So there's three more questions, mm-hmm. but it's uh, it's good actually to save it for the next week, so we uh, don't have to scramble in the beginning. If you don't mind. Okay. Okay, I can give them more time then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, nice to be with all of you. Thank you very much. Haribo. Yeah. Kaur Premanandi. Haribo.